Welcome to episode 373 of Texang, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. I'm a little bit hungover today, so hopefully I will still be able to be that fun person that you guys know. That we all Hello, know Jason. and love. All right, well, we can only hope. <laughs> so what, why are you hungover? What were you doing last night? Oh, I had, well, let's see, uh, 10 beers. Too many. You just told me you had like two drinks a week last week. I know, I know. It's completely. Why are you you always bullshitting me? No, because I think what happens is, I think what happens is anytime I say something to you, it's like, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, that's created a situation now where it's like, okay, I don't need to do that anymore. (laughs) I think that's my my problem. (laughs) It's like, oh God. So anyway, look, obviously it's, it's my fault. I've got to take my own responsibility for for my own well, it's not my fault i could tell you that much um anyway i just went down I to just, what six, 65 do you think <laughs> after yesterday yeah, yeah you got a good you got a good few months left let's just make the most of them you see okay. if we can you know what let's see if we can get 400 episodes all right let's try it let's try it all right so what do we got on on the on on the list today well the very first thing that i definitely want to talk to you about <laughs> is um it's just a throwaway comment that you made just as we were hanging up last time on on the last mm-hmm. show and i found this fascinating and i've been thinking about it and even doing a little bit of research on it you you said uh what, what the reason why you said it was i can't remember why you said it but anyway you said you have no inner voice right now that i mean i find i find it really hard to believe um but i i googled it i perplexity ai'd it and apparently a significant number of people don't have an inner voice, and I just can't imagine what that must be like. So please, please describe what, what, what goes on in your brain. Yeah, I, try, I, I, I was trying to think about that myself, how to explain it. Um, you know what's weird is, is, you know, I guess it's obvious I talk quickly. I talk yes. fast, right? Right. I don't know what I'm going to say half the time until I've already said it. Do you know what you're going to say before you're gonna, before you say it? I mean, do you uh, no, feel I, like do you like you run it through like a preprocessor and then say it? Um, no, I wish I did. That's half the that's half the problem with me. But mm-hmm. but what I do do is like okay, I, I'll give you a classic example of um, of in a in a monologue. And maybe you've never experienced this, but you're with a group of friends in a bar or something. Mm-hmm. You go away to and the it's restaurant. like you're, it's like listening to a narrator. Come across no, like a- <laughs> no, no. You go away to the restroom. You're in the middle of a funny conversation, and you have a you have a, like an inner monologue with yourself, and you think of a funny thing to say, and you practice saying that thing, and then you go back to the table, and then you say that thing that you were thinking about saying, and you practiced. Is has that an experience you've ever had? Yeah, no. I I mean, I definitely sometimes think of jokes. Or something. So, so, if you think of jokes, like what language do you think of them in 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 pictures, colors? Like what what is in your mind? Is it is, if it's not words? Because if it's words, then that's an inner dialogue. 
Yeah, but it's not the same way as an inner, inner narration, inner dialogue. It's like inner voice, like you're talking through. So Sandy, it's like literally like all day long. I'm doing this and I'm thinking this. It's like it's just, I don't know. It's like a inner chat GTP, chat PT, right? Just <laughs> chatting you through the day, right? I mean, I, I was, I don't know. I, I For me, it's more visual, I guess. I'm okay. seeing things. Go back to that time when you things. were... Go back to that time when you were stressed about um, uh, the foolish bet that you had made on Math Academy and you were staying up late at night with night sweats. What was in your mind? Was it a audio voice or was it pictures of catastrophe? Like what was actually in your brain? Um, What's in your brain right now? I'm picturing, like, I'm picturing. Um, is it words? Is I, it I, words I, in I, your brain? I, I, <laughs> No, I'm like I'm like picturing a bank account. I'm like, I, t- I think I'm. It's like I'm watching a movie. It's like I'm watching a, a visual play of of things. It's a visualization of things as opposed to description of the things. I see them. That's what it said. That's what it said. It said like it, it said as as many as fifty percent of people think that way just in pictures. Yeah, which. In for me, and this is one thing that's different between the two of us. I mean, I think you're an extreme case of what I'm about to say is remember I always tease you about not being able to project yourself in space and time and, and feel of how you're actually how you're actually going how this how what the experience is gonna be like before it happens. You're like, Well, I don't know, I have to go do it. I don't yeah. know, I'm gonna like the city, I have to go live there, I have to do this. I'm like, I can sit there and like watch the trailer. <laughs> I'd be like, No, this is stupid. I'm not gonna hate I'm gonna hate that. Like I could I can kind of go through the 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 all the experiences i can i can feel it i can see it i can hear it you know it's like this it's this high uh high fidelity representation of the experience itself i think i'm that's something that i think i'm pretty good at and so that i can imagine scenarios very well i can imagine what i'm what what when things would be like so i'm 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 really completely surprised like gee i didn't know it was gonna be like this like i it's like if you went to a movie and you saw the trailer and like you're totally shocked. You're never shocked if you saw the trailer. Like this is pretty much what the trailer was like. Sometimes it's a little different. But if you didn't watch the trailer and someone just told you there's this movie about something and then you saw it, it it's just this description doesn't really give it justice. Does that? Yeah, I mean, I, so do you never have that thing where you just want to tell your brain to shut up? Because no. it just keeps on talking. No, that's Mm-mm. really, really, uh, that's really something I would love to, I mean, no, but what I, I do do when I can't sleep is my mind is like watching, it's like watching movies, it's watching, um, you know, the same, you know, it's like, you, you, you know, when you're kind of obsessing about something, right? Especially when you can't sleep, you know, you kind of just feel like it's kind of going around like a, a fever loop. things. Yeah, but instead of like a, a a voice chatting at you through like an earpiece, <laughs> like an earpiece or something, it's like I'm watching uh, I'm watching the same stupid trailer over and over again. So when okay, so the so the thing is when when I I I can do this thing where I can do both of the things I think. So I can think in pictures, but also in words, and that's kind of part of the problem that I have is actually turning those pictures into words, I'm kind of bad at that. So let's say, for example, I was going to imagine, and I think I've said this at some point before, I was going to imagine building the virtual Irish pub. Like, I can sort of... You can see it. Have, I, well, you can see I can the virtual have this, Irish pub. 
it's not just that. I can have this thought packet, and the thought packet includes HTML, servers, databases, um, front-end JavaScript. So it's like this big thought packet of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. I can have that in my mind. But it's really hard to verbal. When someone says, oh, describe to me. But I'm like, uh, it, it's just really hard to, it's like pulling, it's like a, a ball of cotton wool, like pulling the, the, the string of mm -hmm. words out to get access to any of that thought packet that makes mm -hmm. sense. So in some sense, I really wish that I didn't have an inner, an inner monologue <laughs> because it's like, it's slow, it's kind of slows things down, you know, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but then, but like I said, you know, you know, you have a hard time picturing an experience before you have it. Uh, well, it's, you, not, it's, not, it, it, it's no, no, it's not. That I, I don't think I do have a hard time. It's just that I don't have the discipline to even bother trying in the first place. I mean, I, prob I probably could if I actually sat down and really thought about it. I probably could. But it's just it, that discipline was never instilled in me. I never I think it that's never instilled in me either. It's just a natural thing. Like I can imagine, hey, do you want to go eat at this restaurant? I can imagine, mm, no. Well, it was a natural thing that never happened for me. Right. So there you go. You've got it as a natural thing. I like that. It's it definitely not a natural thing in my case. Yeah, I'm always kind of um, running simulations about about stuff. I, I'm always, yeah, I'm always playing forward. I'm always. So you basically yeah, have a faster GPU than uh, than people running on. <laughs> running with um like the sort of spoken voice in their head because you're you're just moving through i wish i could do that i wish i could i mean for example if i sit down and do you know meditate or something like that i can let go of words and just kind of think in thought packets and mm -hmm. think a lot of stuff but there's so much there's 54 years of life just thinking through the voice that it's difficult to move out of the voice and move into the pictures you know right. as a general general thinking but you have that as a, a by default you know, a, a, a something that's sort of related is I think of I, I have a bunch of ideas, and then I, as soon as I start writing down, I like concentrating on one, the other ones start to disappear. Yeah, it's like a dream. You know, we you know when you have a dream, you get up maybe in the middle of the night, you lie back down, you let me go back to the dream. And if you thought about anything in your life during the period, you can't get back into the dream at all. Right, like it disappears. The more you try and think, you know, when you start trying to think about it, it just kind of evaporates. So you have to kind of not think. In my head right it. now, the words going through my head are right, but what do you think in your head? <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking right, but what does he think in his head? And I, I'm, that's like, what I'm, I'm like watching. I'm like watching. A, I'm like watching a, a an immersive 3D experience of it. I'm like, well, I'm seeing it and seeing and hearing it. It's this not reminds me of the. This reminds me of the time I went to see uh, the the first uh, Avatar with my sister. Mm -hmm. um, she's she's the Irish, my Irish sister, and we came out and she and because it, it was all these beautiful colors and beautiful landscapes, and mm -hmm. we came out and she was like, "Man, real life sucks." <laughs> that's what it's like talking to you. It's like, wait a second, your your brain. Oh, that's great how that works. It's like, huh. This, yeah, well, know, it's, uh, I, I'd like to try. I'd like to try that out for a few days. Take your brain for a spin. Well, you know, it's interesting. I was talking. I, I've talked to, you know, I've, uh, Justin Skysick about this. You know, because he will be working together, and he um, he writes everything down. He's very, very disciplined about writing down things that we talk about, plans that we have, 
you know, to-do items. Oh, we should consider this. Maybe we want to, maybe we want to do that. Oh, put this. I never, I, I, I don't do a very good job of writing stuff down. And I, I keep things in my head. Now, sometimes I forget them. I'm not, you know, I don't have an, you know, a hundred percent perfect memory, but, and I think, I think part of it sometimes is when I start writing stuff down, it just, it just, it just kills it. Like it, it, like it shuts off every other process that was in my brain. So it's like, I have this one idea, but I also have two to five other ideas, all parallel processing at the same time. Hmm. So I'm, I'm always parallel processing multiple ideas. And so if I, if I say, Oh, I'm gonna write this one down. It like, it's like, it kills those four were other worker threads and I, and I lose them or almost lose them, which I find frustrating. And so I'd like, I just, if I don't write anything down and I don't engage in that, then I can just let everything kind of um, evolve to the point that I don't forget it. Cause I've been thinking about all of them and um, you know, there's probably an element of laziness or whatever, but there is that element to it. And, and what happens to me happens all the time too, to me is um and I don't know if this is some kind of ADHD or whatever, but a lot of times I'll be listening to somebody. And a lot of times, Justin, for instance, will be going, I'll ask him a question. I'm like, so tell me how that's, and he'll go on, he'll go on explaining it. And he won't even be going very long, 30 seconds. And my brain starts spinning off thinking about one of these worker threads. I'm like, yeah, I get it. I'm, I, I can tell where he's going to go with it. And I'm listening. I'm like, I, I, I get most of it. And then I start thinking about something else and I'll go, I go wait, wait a minute, wait, wait. and because then then he goes off and he starts getting in some detail that I think is important, and I, I realize I wasn't listening at all, and I'll say, can you, can you just wait, wait, and I'll say what? Could you just repeat that? Could you just explain that? Say that again, and what he, what everyone will do, he doesn't do this anymore because I've I've explained it to him, is they'll try and re-explain it for him. I'm like, no, no, like literally say the same words that you just said, repeat them, because I wasn't listening, which. I said, I know it, it makes me sound like a jerk. I didn't mean to. I just got, it's like this other worker thread spun up, took all the CPU and, and left the, the main processor just um, with, with no cycles. And so it didn't get any input. It does sound a lot like, I mean, that's how ADHD kind of is described. Yeah. So that happens to me all the time. So if anything is not engaging me with attention, I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm feeding those other worker threats. I'm like, you know what? Just take the cycles. And so when I would sit in class, and a lot of times people say, oh, I wasn't paying attention. When people, when people say they aren't paying attention, they're still kind of paying attention. When I'm not paying attention, I don't hear anything pretty much. I am, it's like I might as well be in another room, which other people don't really mean that. They just mean they would give their full attention. Um, so that's why when I if when when you say something and then I quickly go and research something on Google, you think I'm not looking or paying attention. You're and you're sort of thinking you 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 viscerally feel that that someone's not paying attention to you. Maybe it's because you don't know how to do that. You know, to just like I don't uh, yeah I don't I mean, know I I I because I, you just I don't said you I, don't pay attention. Like you literally don't pay attention when you stop paying attention. But for example, if you were speaking, I can actually listen to you and also look you know research something that you just said maybe yeah I, that, that could be well i remember i probably told the story before but it was really funny uh this is like maybe 15 years ago or so even even longer than that and um 
I was the president of the homeowners association for our condominiums that we lived in. And we had this committee that we were, we were actually putting together investigating the possibility of hiring a law firm and suing the developers because they had done such a poor job with the roof they put on that they had lots of water intrusion, which was causing us an, a lot of expenses. People were getting, you know, leaks and which was creating like, you know, they needed fungus remediation, mold remediation, all that kind of stuff. Right. Big problem. Anyway, so I'm on this committee. It was me and like five women from ages late 20s to early 60s. And we were we and, and we would there's a few different times we we're all sitting around this big dining room table this one woman had and discussing ideas discussing what's going on and they're literally having three conversations at one time and i was like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. i i can't i can't i can't can we just want i can't take it in and they're laughing at me because they're like oh yeah we jason can't keep up <laughs> like jason and i like i can't do this parallel conversations these three conversations are having and they just that was the funniest thing which i think there's also like a male female thing women tend to be able to have like multi parallel process like that like in terms of verbal communication where guys tend to not be very good at that and i couldn't do that at all i was like and they would they would tease me with all the time like okay let's slow it down Jason okay so this is what we're talking about because as soon as if I'm talking to one person and somebody else is talking at me about something else I'm like I can't I don't I can't I can't hear you I don't I, you know what do you but one thing you talk about a lot is um, coding and listen to a podcast or coding and list, watching a YouTube video like I I can't even imagine that like I just I can't do those two things at the same time it depends on the level of coding. So if it's if it's real problem solving, like I'm trying to, if I'm if it's like a, if it's at the high, the most complex is the executive level. Like, what do I even want to do here? What's a judge kind of like a judgment, right? Like, oh wait, how do we how do I want to refactor this? Then I got then I got turned yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. But and at the very lowest level, it's like really rudimentary code. I'm just this function loop, blah blah blah. It's just basic. It's just typing. Right? Just monkey monkey work, and there's and there's a, and there's a range in between, right? But and the, and the more cognitive, the heavier the cognitive load or the other requirements, the cognitive requirements, the less I can listen to a podcast or you know, because at the, at the lowest level, I can probably listen to like uh, you know, kind of like that electronica, you know, sci-fi music in the background, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I can make judgment, but sometimes if I'm really need to think, I got to shut everything off. I'm like, okay, it's just I need to stop here. I need to really think. So it just it just depends. But what happens is, if I'm doing stuff that is only taking you know 10, 20, 30 percent of my brain, and I don't have something else, and I get really bored, and I have a hard time staying on task. Hmm. So w- the reason I listen to that stuff is to keep me from turning to turning on Hacker News or some distraction. Because yeah. I, I'm, I'm too bored. Full on distraction. I'm too bored to to type out this, you know, if else conditional thing I got up right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that does. So, but That's the verbal, but the, um, there is a, um, I can't write, like I can't write an email. I can't do verbal construction and listening to people talk or music where there's words. The words, the processing of input, verbal input interferes with my ability to construct, um, Verbal output. Can you write a blog post in your head? I could write. I mean, not the whole thing. I mean, I could. Can I? Can I like write? Like, I come up lines. I can think about things that I would write. Sure. 
but I can't write uh, the whole thing. When you when you think about that blog post and the and the first paragraph, do you think about it? Do you hear a voice reading it, or do you just see the pictures of the words on the page? No, I. Me think. What am I doing? It's not really a voice. It's sort of. Again, it would be like it'd be like listening to a, a a movie where somebody's reading reading it or something. It's less a voice, like a proper, you know, I don't know, proper voice. It's something a little a little more abstract. Well, I guess we'll never know until we've downloaded your brain into some silicon somewhere, and everyone can go and experience what it's like inside <laughs> well, Jason's you head. Know, the funniest things I remember: we were at uh, at the Solve competition, and you were there, and Alex, my director of content, was there with you. And I had to run. I my my the laptop I was using was connecting to the projectors with like the 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 questions, mm-hmm. and I was like. And I t- and you you were there to help out, and Alex was there, and I said, like, I, "I guys, I got to run over to the next." Can you? And you were both looking at my computer, and my home screen had all of these icons everywhere, and you're like, "Yep, that's Jason's brain." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so funny. He he told me about the was lab. Yep, that's uh, that's Jason's brain right there. <laughs> Just uh, kind of all over the place. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I wish my brain was uh, more um, disciplined, but I'm not I'm not I'm not super disciplined. I'm kind of an associative thinker, and I'm you know I don't know. Well, there we go. That's Jason's um, in innerless voice. So um, let's <laughs> let's talk about. Um, well, there was a few other things that you had mentioned that you you had said. Oh, if I had more time, I would have spoken okay. about them. Yeah, in let's the last follow show. up because I don't have a lot of specific things that I want to talk about. So yeah, yeah, I'm happy to cover anything. So what were they? You don't remember? You didn't no. write them down. I did not. No, well, thanks. I did mention to you a couple weeks ago. I said I had I was my I was out with a knee injury, and All you were right. like you were like what? And I said why did you talk about on that show? I was like, I, you know. oh yeah 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 well. Go on then. Well, I don't want. To, I mean, I'll I'll just do this in a nutshell. So I end up, I, I I woke up middle of the night. My my knee was just killing me, and I could barely bend it. And I thought that maybe I had like slept in it in like a really awkward position. Like my half my leg was was hanging off the end of the bed sideways, and like somehow it kind of like didn't like completely pop at a joint, but got a, a little bit of alignment, you know, and caused it to the like a tendon to inflame or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, that that was what you thought it could be. That was not it. Long story short, it turned out it was gout after I got a blood test and went to the doctor. And because I I explained this to them, and he basically ignored me. He basically thought that was really stupid. I mean, he didn't say it was stupid, but he was just like, "Didn't even." That's not it, right? And so he uh, he's like, "Well, let's take a blood test." It turns out it was gout, which is high uric acid levels. Is that all the polio loco? No, you know, I went to so after I went to meet with the uh, my orthopedic surgeon who's done right. good, done stuff and they he's like he's like look there's a lot of well-meaning people out there who talk about this food that fade but that's not he's like it's really not that he's like it's just it's mostly just genetic you know it's mm. like you know there's actually a 10 percent correlation with what you eat so is that so did he tell you so what, what's the plan is it medicine to stop it i mean what, well what? is it you know people get it 
you know, it typically happened in like your, maybe like your T, your in joints, right? It'll attack like yeah. your, your, your uh, toe or ankle or knee or whatever. And some people get it every few months. Some people get it every, get it once and never get it again. Some people get it every couple of years. So it's just one of these things that happens. Yeah. And he just said, look, you know, what you want to do is if you start feeling it come on, you want to take some anti-inflammatories immediately and just start taking those and that'll keep the inflammation from getting quite so bad. And so it'll go a matter, go away in a matter of few days as opposed to a few weeks. Mm-hmm. So, but that was like incredible amount of pain. I couldn't bend my knee. Mm. I couldn't bend my, but the thing, the weirder thing is that it wasn't swollen for the first two, two days, two, three days. I mean, was it swollen? Because you go look and it's like, well, you know, when you get gout, it's like red and swollen. I mean, my dad had gout, but he, he deserved it because he was a complete alcoholic. Yeah. So. Well, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's just, they say it's 20% <laughs> hereditary, uh, you know, a 20% correlation, you know, for genetic heritability and like 10% with, with food. You know, people say, oh, you know, don't eat red meat or don't eat or alcohol or, or don't drink alcohol or don't high purines and stuff but it's just a very 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 low correlation it's not a lot of scientific evidence to support that mm-hmm. but you know you go on the web and it's like non-stop chatter about that kind of stuff but it's just it's not really a thing well is it, it is it good now is it it's obviously not interfering with the training now because no, you know you seem to be losing weight yeah you know it took me out for a w- complete week you know, I went in and got a cortisone shot, which is an anti-inflammatory, and then took some medication, and that took that brought it down. By the end of the week, I was able to. But you know, it's been kind of. It's not 100. percent It's like it's like uh, part of my knee is hurting, and I think I'm aggravated by by doing like a bike or something. So I think I'm taking another week off to let it let it actually heal. So mm-hmm. I've been on for like two or three weeks, and I I think I, I I'm kind of I'm kind of buying into this whole take a diet break every like three weeks. Mm-hmm. Because because okay. last time I did that because of that injury, then I immediately started losing weight even faster, and I didn't mm, do any damage. It wasn't like I came back after a week and I gained three pounds. It was like I was I didn't put on any weight, despite the fact that I was not I was eating whatever I wanted and not exercising. And you know, I may put on like a quarter pound or something, like nothing, and then I immediately started losing weight much faster. And I I don't know if there's uh, I, I, but I felt like this has happened to me two or three times and I'm like, I'm wondering, you know, maybe there is something to your um, metabolism resetting a little bit. If you're constantly in a, in a, a, a calorie restricted state, whether it's through exercise or, yeah, you know, or, or diet restriction, um, your body will adjust and it makes it harder to lose weight after a while. So yeah. if you kind of say, well, it's like I, I take a diet break every Sunday. It's like every three weeks, just say, screw it. And um, we're taking off towards the end of the week anyway to um, to go up to Sacramento for us, uh, Airlie's uh, regional gymnastics. Oh, nice. Meet. Yeah. So it's the, and I mentioned that on, uh, on, on, on well, I guess before. So she made it to the U.S. regionals. So going up there anyway, maybe I'll just take the week off, let my knee heal. But yeah, I'm down, I'm, I'm almost down to 200 pounds. Oh, that's good. I, I, um, oh, I've got one day through Thursday. I've got it. I've got a really good regime down Friday through, through Sunday. It's not so good. It's because the kid is in school from Monday through Thursday, but I've got, I've found a good, a really good aerobic uh, plan for me. Um, so what I'm doing is I told you already, I'm taking the dog for a walk. That's about a very, very fast walk for about 30 to 40 minutes. 
then I then I've just discovered a new form of exercise that I can't believe I never tried before. I'm so I feel pretty foolish. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, we got a ping pong table, mm-hmm. right? And I had never considered ping pong as a form of exercise, but what you can do is you can um, fold the table up and you can essentially just play play against just a one player game, right? Mm-hmm. So the table's against you're sort of playing it against yourself. But then, what, by just by default, when I play table tennis, I kind of do that Muhammad Ali thing where I kind of like my I keep my feet sort of floating like a butterfly kind of thing. I just I'm just always. I think doing you're going to have to take a video of that and upload it just for our so, entertainment. So the reason why I do that is because. I always want to get back to the center. It's just it's just a natural thing I've yeah. always done. Mm-hmm. So when I'm when I'm playing it, uh, the, taking a, talking about taking a video, I was thinking about this. I I was first of all I tried it and I was like I was really surprised that my heart rate was at least in zone two. I thought it just would be not registered. What's zone but actually, two? Zone two is like over a hundred and twenty. So it's really if I I find it hard to get over uh, one twenty. Um, with any kind of exercise that I can actually stand. So this is an exercise that I can totally stand and I can, and what's even crazier is like, okay, I'm like, all right, I'm putting on my Apple watch, table tennis. Okay. I'm starting playing 10 minutes. Oh, 10 minutes has gone. That was easy. Go, 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 go. 20 minutes has gone. Oh, that. 30 minutes has gone. Oh, that's easy. I'm just listening to to music and I'm just like, I'm just like Forrest Gump. (laughs) <laughs> like that. And it's like, wait, holy shit, 40 minutes has gone. Okay. I'm like sweating, sweats pouring off me, like duka 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 you know, trying to do backspin and forward spin. And I and I don't care like when it goes off the table and, and mm-hmm. I have to go and get it. That adds to the exercise, you know. Like a, a lot of times I'll like do top spin and then it will go over the top mm-hmm. and it will go across the garage, like under fucking shelves, and I have to like bend down mm-hmm. and like find the ball and stuff. It all adds to the adds to the workout. So it's like 60 minutes is easy. So I've been so four days in a row I did 60 minutes table tennis and a 30 to 40 minutes dog walk. So month that's Monday to Thursday. But then Friday kids kids at home. It's really hard because I need to sort of be you know I, it's just hard to 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 You can't do get that. A, you can't get an hour. I I probably could but it's just for whatever reason it's just it's just harder it's just mentally harder. But I'm going I'm going to try and do that well you posted Tomorrow, you posted yeah. uh, go on well go on no go on you say well you posted that link about that new york times said that uh you know if you work out two or three days a week you know if you're trying to lose weight through exercise working out two or three days a week doesn't really do it but six yeah. so you need to shoot for 300 minutes or six days a week yeah right which has been my experience and i i mentioned this before it's like i would work out three to four days a week you know, doing, you know, 35 minutes of intervals and I wouldn't lose any weight. And I was pretty good on my diet. And I was like, God, how, how hard am I going to have to work out? And it turns out not that much harder. Just do it six days a week and go up yeah. to like 40, 45 minutes of intervals and now you're losing a pound a week, which is really funny. It was, you, you kind yeah. of, it, it, it just hits this critical point. Your body, I, I, I don't know, I don't really know the physiology of why, it would, why that would happen, but I can tell you from my personal experience, at least for me, I'm not going to lose weight on three or four days a week. It takes you see, six. It, it might be easier if I just, if I just, instead of doing, instead of shooting for the, the, you know, one and a half hours a day, maybe I'll do it less time on the other, the other days. I don't, I need to experiment, but honestly, I find it in, 
so far on those four days, I found it very easy and enjoyable to do that one and a half but hours. But are you losing enough weight on a dog walk? I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, I walk the dog too, but I don't really consider that. A, a, no, I don't think that. I mean, I just think they adds. I mean, it's just a couple of hundred calories. Like, so when, when I, so the, 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 ping, the ping pong session for an hour is 450 calories as it's measured on my watch. Yeah, that's and good. And the walk is, the walk is 200 calories. Okay. So, but I mean, I, I, I could. In theory, just not take the dog on that long a walk and just take the dog on a short walk and then just do an hour ping pong. I mean, so to just save save more time. But I kind of have that time on those days. The days I don't really have it is on the the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So maybe I should just do ping pong on the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Or you could do some kind of activity that involves that involves a jack. That that's not going to be ping pong because he can't ever no, hit it back. Or, or something that he like. <laughs> if you can think of something that he likes to do, you know, um, maybe he likes you to know, maybe he likes to ride his bike, and then you can kind of jog along next to him or, or something like that. So talking about videoing it, like I did think, you know, maybe I should get a, a GoPro because no one's actually going to believe this what I'm doing right now. I was thinking maybe <laughs> some of the shots. Well, I still remember. I remember a discussion like uh, six, seven years ago when you were claiming that the new, the new headset, the games with the new headset, like everyone's going to be in super fit these days. Yeah, yeah, that didn't. That work. was good. That, that was, but that it wasn't as good an experience as real as real uh, ping pong. But, but you were convinced, no, you like no one's ever going to be out of shape. Everyone's gonna. You, you know what I always gonna... remember? Uh, what I always remember with you about with you with ping pong is that time. We were we were at oh, like, I a, silic- I we were like a Silicon Valley startup, and oh. I was like so cocky because like the last time I'd played, I was like <laughs> thirty pounds lighter, and I was like you know. Anyway, I hadn't played for years, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take you. I'm gonna. Do-. So I was like super cocky with this guy. All right, come on then, let's do it. Three shots in, I'm like, <gasps> I like I hadn't experienced that before. I'm like, fuck, I'm so out of breath right now. I can't even play this game. You know, like. Mm-hmm. I, it's sort of like that time where you describe when when you you didn't know how strong a human could be until you met that one guy who just like crushed you and you were like holy shit you know it's just like yeah. I hadn't had that physical experience before where yes my body can do it I'm quite good at this thing but I'm so out of shape I can't even like reach the shot <laughs> so that's you know that's that's been something that it anyway it's it's um well i think it's a delight to play it i think i think what you want to do is you is you want to track your progress so if it's not working then you know right. to adjust i mean that, that's the key if, if you can't lose a pound a week it ain't working whatever you're doing is not enough if you're if you're if you're if you're if it's working whatever you're doing then just keep doing it until it doesn't work or you have to do more so that's the thing. If you're just like, well, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and you know, if the if the if the if the if the uh, scale doesn't agree that you're losing weight, then you need to I do mean, more. It's just going to be too much food. It's going to be the issue. I I could post, um, you know, minutes, you know, stats or whatever, like calorie stats every day. I guess. Well, I I, I mean, you don't have to do anything for me. I'm just like for yourself. Just create a little yeah. spreadsheet where you just track it. That that way, you keep yourself honest and say, okay, so. Am I losing weight? Yes or no. If it's not, then the ping pong ain't doing it, or the dog walking isn't doing it, or whatever. You got to do more. So the, the the one problem of playing so much ping pong uh, is um, and and not playing with anyone else and just having time to think through my word sentence that's continually going on in my head mm-hmm. is it makes me think about dumb shit and then I start dumb projects like for example the most ridiculous project that I recently did, which is <laughs> just a couple of hours work. Um, insiderpingpongball.com 
which is, I don't know if you saw me post that. Did you see me post that? Yes. <laughs> uh, <it's> like... <laughs> well, who was? So, <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, even though that's, so basically the reason why I did that was because I wondered, all right, look, we've been talking about this AI stuff. We've been talking about this post-scarcity future. We've been talking about how basically human information work is 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 just going to become commoditized and go down to zero. You say that. I disagree. I say that. All right. So I'm, I not, wondered, on, I'm not on that train. <laughs> okay. All right. I wondered, all right, so how how far does this rabbit hole go? Like, could you take the concept of that essay, that old essay, um, that, where, the, where the teacher gives you a detention and says, write a thousand word essay on the inside of a ping pong ball. Like, and the whole point of that essay is it's really difficult. It's difficult to do because there is nothing inside of a ping pong ball, mm-hmm. right? And so I just want, I, I just, first of all, it was just a thing. Huh, okay. I just like with GPT, write a thousand word, you know, essay on the inside of a ping pong ball. And I was quite impressed with the response. I was like, huh. And it's so easy for GPT to do that, to turn this, to turn nothingness into something, something that's actually kind of slightly interesting. So then I'm like, huh. So, all right, um, write a 2000 word essay on the geopolitical implications of the inside of a ping pong ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow. It, it comes back with something and it comes back with something interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hmm. Okay, create a recipe based on the inside of it. So anyway, so I just kept on going and it just kept on creating this content. And every time, and it was like good content. I'm like, holy shit, this is just, this is insane. Like you can just turn nothing into something. So I thought that was just an interesting um, exploration. And I put it together in a template. I mean, literally spent barely, barely any time on this. And I've made it available as a thought piece. That um, is A thought piece where? <laughs> inside of pingpongball.com you bought the domain and put the website up and um, i've i've bought the domain but for some reason it's not quite connected yet but yeah it's it's going to be up by the time anyone listens to this okay what? but no but uh, but the pictures were so but like if you have a look at it like uh, the pictures are good like mm-hmm. the actual pictures are good the content is good like the, the the site's good like it it seems like a thing even though it's absolutely nothing Okay, great. <laughs> it's like a good use of time. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we've seen a lot of this at ChatGPT. People have posted this stuff for months. Hey, I asked ChatGPT to do this. Hey, I just ChatGPT, and it can generate stuff, no question. You know, it can generate you know a prompt. It can generate stuff that wasn't there, and based. On, I mean, it's. Uh, I think of ChatGPT and all stuff. I mean, it's a useful tool. It can accelerate certain types of certain types of content generation tasks whatever they might be and um but i'm not a buyer of the it's you know we're doomed and it's going to take over well it's not the, the way it's not the way it's going to limit it's, it's going like, to eliminate all these jobs and stuff i just don't buy it but it's more like how does it redefine the value of work like and what 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 does our role become when being an information worker, you know, the, the, the value that humans bring as information workers is just going, becoming less and less and less and less and less. Yeah. Again, I think it's, I think, I think, 
you know, like I said, I, I couldn't use, you know, ChatGPT would be, would be very useful for the stuff that I do. You know, it, mine are like little things. Oh, how do I connect to this database or do it write little snippets? It's like, um, right. It's like the next generation of looking up on, you know, Stack Overflow or whatever. Right. But it's just like, is it going to build all the stuff from scratch and everything? It, it could do like basic projects from scratch that, and it can keep adding, but it can't take a big existing project and and do because of all of the issues and stuff. I just don't, I just don't see it. I mean, you know, I don't. I mean, I don't see how that's going to be very useful in that. I mean, are you going to just use? Are you just going to tell it to go build PlayStrong? Is it going to build it? Well, as a matter of fact, it is going to do a significant amount of the writing for the for the content that I'm going to put together. Well, I think um, you have to be careful with that because I think that stuff could end up being really bland. And and that it's not just like milk toast pablum, you know, like that's that's the thing that yeah. I worry about because I um, it's a funny thing. I was like, I'm always looking for something to fall asleep to at night. And I quite often, you know, I've done all ancient civilizations, Spartans and Alexander the Great. And I mean. All of them. Everything World War One, everything World War Two, the, the Roosevelts, the Kennedys, Nixon, LBG. I mean, I've watched all this stuff just so many times just because I like I need something to kind of just start relaxing and fall asleep to, right? And I saw this thing, this on uh documentary on UFOs, and I said, Oh, I'll fall asleep to that, right? It's called UFO Chronicles, and it would come out in 2023. And I'd seen a lot of the good ones in the past. So I'm like, okay, mm. I'll watch it. I'll, you know, whatever. And uh, a lot of these things are aren't, you know, of varying quality but as like it's something to fall asleep to and it says generated this movie was generated using ai i was and like then you were like fall asleep i was away. like oh great right and so i started listening to it and the content it sounded fine but it was very like it says very uh it was like an average of what everyone is saying is very milk toast. There was nothing interesting, particularly interesting or new or insightful or whatever. And the images, so they would have all these images that were generated like, you know, by Dolly or Mid Journey or whatever. And it had the kind and it would it would cut between the images and you know how they kind of get the image and they kind of zoom in and move around so it looks a little more interesting just looking at an image. And it would cut to the narrator who was just, you know, reading off a teleprompter or something. And the images were not really representative of of what was being spoken. Exactly. Being it was sort yeah. of like that's these are not accurate depictions of what was described and what happened. Um because I know the instance he's talking about, I know what was described and this is not it. They were just kind of weird. And I was just like, this is this is stupid. And of course I don't know how much of this stuff is and like but you know if you're you wouldn't know how much of it is is accurate or not. Right. So if you're mm. if you're like a uh, if you're like a, a documentary documentarian and you're like, OK, let's let's use it like this. We could shoot this thing. We can get a budget of twenty, thirty thousand dollars. We hire the you know, we can just use AI to generate the content. We'll use it to generate the images and then we'll, we'll hire some 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 dude to be the narrator. We get a makeup and and audio and sound and shoot this thing over a couple of days. Bam. Put it on Netflix or prime and we'll make a few hundred grand off it and made it for 20 grand or something right yeah so you see people doing stuff like this and that's clearly what somebody did here 
and I was like, it was just, it's kind of, it was like what you'd expect. I mean, it's just sort of, it was just an average. It was just sort of a, an average of what other people, there was no real truth or personality or, and it was inaccurate in certain ways. I don't know. I was like, this is crap. So I think what's going to happen, I think I mentioned this before. I think there's going to be a very much an anti-AI. It's going to be like a no GMO. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause we know AI. So like for me, if I see something generated by AI, I'm not watching it because it is bullshit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I, no, I agree. I agree with that. That was, and that was exactly where I ended up as well with the, the that, that piece of work that I did that you think was a total waste of time inside of pingpongball.com. Right. <laughs> like that's, that's sort of where I, can I just, just uh, share with you something that just sort of echoes what we just described. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this page was the 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 it, with the title culinary delights from inside a ping pong ball, mm-hmm. right? Like the it, it's it, there's something about the images and the text. I mean that obviously, I mean where where the fuck does this recipe come from? It's an actual recipe, mm-hmm. right? That actually makes these things that it described, mm-hmm. which is which is ping pong puffs. Then this is this is a picture of ping pong puffs that sort of looks like a real thing but it's it gives you this weird feeling of like like what you just described it's like the sum of everything it's like is it it's 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 something and it's nothing but it's <laughs> you know it's really it's a really strange feeling it's bullshit it's like this. It's, these are bullshit generators they're bullshit. It's complete like, bullshit like look at look at this i mean that looks completely real mm-hmm. but it's completely fabricated yeah i mean it's it's like chat gpt is bullshit at scale <laughs> that's what that's what that's it is good. it's like it's like it's ta- it's it's like um it has the okay so but if you think about it acting like acting is the art of bullshit and writing is the art of bullshit like um well no i think okay no no see i totally disagree with both those statements 100 percent. okay Tell good me. writing and good acting is real the people who are the people writing something that's good and meaningful, there is a truth to it. There is an authenticity to it. And the same thing with actors. You talk to real actors; they're not they're not faking. They are trying to become. They're trying they're to, trying to the reach thing. the truth of this character, and they're trying to represent it is with as much authenticity as possible. Because as humans, we can detect inauthenticity. We can detect fakeness and that's when we see these second and third rate actors you're like oh this is crap right and the person saying the lines or they're they're aping what they think but this just looks like it just looks like bullshit garbage but so it's 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 quality writing quality acting whatever you want to say it quality music is getting beyond this sort of um ill-formed average of what people might expect it to be it's something special something true is pulling out a truth so so maybe that's maybe that's what it is like how ai can never maybe it will never be able to get to that place that place of authenticity i think that's probably uh be much much harder to reach but i mean i it's it's a tool, right? Like it could it could sometimes people need a scaffolding. Like you said, you came up with some. Um, we used it to help create a scaffolding for some play strong stuff. Like yeah, it create a yeah. starting point. So here's an interesting yeah. thing. A lot of times, like writers have the hardest time when they're looking at a blank page. Oh, okay, where do I start? Right? Like give me something 
and that'll give me the framework. Just like Ruby on Rails gives you a framework. All right, write an app, web application. Like, oh, crap. Like, here's your framework. Here's your views. Here are your controllers. Yeah. Okay, now, now people can, can you know, you're much less intimidated. Now you got some play to work. And I think, I think this can work. I think, um, I mean, that, it's not key and it's doing it already. Someone says, I don't know how to, I'm new to this language. I'm new to this framework. How to do this thing? And it generates something that's 70 to 90% of what you need. And you're like, okay, so I can use this. I can, I can make it what it needs to be. Right. It gives me a, it, it moves me much further down. Um, and you know, when you talk to, uh, I've never, I can't remember where I read this, but this guy was writing about how he had either interviewed or read about, the uh, the the creative process of of like two or three different people who are from completely different domains. Like one's like a like a musician, and one was like a fiction writer, and you know someone I don't know was like a I don't, I don't remember. But they 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 would start. They'd have some idea, and and for a while it's painful because the stuff that's coming out is so derivative, so cliche, so mm. blah. But you have to work through that to get to something that's new and interesting mm. and has value. You have to push through the 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 blah. And I think that <laughs> you have to push through the blah. That sounds cool. Yeah, but it's, and I I think that ChatGP could do that for a lot of people. It's like okay, I'm we're gonna get you a little bit further through this, and we're gonna start with this mass, this ill, this thing that's just it's kind of bullshit, kind of inaccurate. It's just an average of what a bunch of other people said. But at least now you got a little bit further. He's like, you know, there's nothing new or special about this, but now maybe it gets you a point where you can you can build on and and until you get to something that has some real value. I mean, I remember when I was talking to um when Colby was working on his game and I said, "Look, you know, there's these two or three games you're thinking about that this game is sort of taking borrowing from or is inspired by." And that's this case with everything. And at first, you don't have to try and make it different just for the sake of being different because by just combining two or three ideas to make it work you're on in the end gonna have to end up changing a lot of stuff and it won't even it's not going to look or feel like it's derivative of those things but so that's why so te that's why you're templating it yeah you, you know it's just like yeah don't worry about it. don't worry see you can't get worry you can't worry too much if the initial couple versions feel derivative or they feel overly inspired because if in, to, to get to the point where it really works as a story, as a game, as a product, you're going to end up having to change so much stuff that it is not going to be like those things anymore, but you got to be okay with it. You can't, you can't be too self-critical at the beginning point because that's just a starting point. But if you, if we could boil it down to the things that, that humans are going to have over over just over AI and synthetic stuff moving forward, would you say it's fair to say it's authenticity, original thought, and taste? Like those, those are the things that that just. How is AI going to do that? I don't know. I mean, the the large language models are is just a, is just a predicting the next token, right? It's just a statistical thing. Um, you know, and, and taste is a hard thing to quantify. I mean, it's like, right. yeah. you know, you train right. it on a bunch of very high quality stuff. Maybe you could get something that 
looks and feels like these high quality things. Now, it probably won't be particularly new. It's just but that's some the point. average of those things. It's not original, so it doesn't it doesn't ha- it doesn't have the trifecta of originality, um, taste, and uh, what was the other thing? Uh, Uniqueness. I don't know. New. Uh, yeah, no, authenticity, originality, and taste. So that, yeah, that's what I was, that's Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, he, it, yeah, it's going to be hard. I'll have a hard time achieving those things. I mean, Ben Boyder made a, a, a comment which I thought captured um, what I've been thinking, which is that is like there, if you look at ChatGPT 3.5 and 4, wasn't that big of an improvement, right? It's like it's you can already tell like there was a big jump from nothing to ChatGPT 3.5. Like that was a big deal. Four, yeah. like it's asymptoting off already. And it has like what 10 times the number of weights or something like that. And it becomes yeah. enormously more expensive to increase the weights that much more. So it's like this thing is gonna run out of gas. This whole so it's like getting to the speed of light, like you know. yeah, the the mass yeah. just increases exponentially. Yeah. So you can't, and you know, people. So the thing is, everyone's like, "Holy crap! What if this continues like that?" It's like let's say the stock price of Google went up ten percent in a day. You're like, oh my god, what if it goes up ten percent every day for the next ten years? Like that's not going to happen. That's not how it works. Okay, it's not going to do that, and um. You know, and I—I I don't know. I mean, I—I—I I, I think certain you—you—you you know, there are certain breakthroughs, these lurches forward, that bring something new to the table, change the game. But it, you know, counting. But it—it it, it, those even those things run out of gas at a certain point. Like, okay, we get some cool stuff out of it, then it's like, okay, we we gotta come up with something completely different new because this is only gonna take us so far. And that's kind of why I think about this. Everybody's extrapolating, you know, and, and assuming this is just going to go go on forever. Everybody's like, oh, my God, like there's new things every day. It's like, no, it's just new people applying it to new situations and go, oh, look, gee whiz, I did this. Hey, gee whiz, look, I did that. And everybody's going, wow, you know, this, this is going nuts. And it's like, yeah, those are sort of just people's looking at it a different way and applying it in a slightly first, like putting a different context or different application. And, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just that stuff. Different applications are not continuous fundamental breakthroughs in the technology. All right. So I'm just reading that the, the, <clears throat> the discord post that you did, you said, um, it's funny as much as we covered in the last show, there was a lot more. I wish we had time for, not only did I have other topics I was hoping to discuss, I realized later in the day that I had a lot more to say on what we did talk about. You'd think two hours would be enough, but apparently it's not. We might need to get back to the weekly schedule. So what were you thinking about when you wrote that? God, it's so funny. When you read that, I'm like, did I actually write that? <laughs> you know, and it's funny because somebody else said some throwaway line that I had a couple weeks ago. I'm like, God, did I even say that? I don't even remember saying that. That is so weird. That's such a weird feeling. Um so you definitely don't remember what you were thinking about then. Yeah. Just, if you don't remember writing it. <laughs> I, I, I sort of, I, I do remember it, but not as clearly as you Oh, think. oh, something we touched, uh, this is you also okay. writing this, so I'm just, I'm just repeating back to you what you said. Mm-hmm. Something we touched on the show, but which I didn't have time to flesh out, is that the advancement of AI and technology more broadly has similar effects on people as wealth, and that it gives them more ability to do so, to do or be whatever they want, 
but which also allows them to derange themselves since they have less of a need to conform to whatever the rest of the world and specifically their local community expects of them. Instead of FU money, you have FU technology. Yeah. Yeah. We talked a little bit about this on, on the show, but I think I think that's true. I mean, I think that... Um, well, you said it. <laughs> you, you said you said, and you finished off by saying, "But I'll save that for the next show." Right. Okay. So <laughs> one thing we one thing we talked about is that if if or when we get to some sort of like uh, we reach a, a a a something approximating a Jarvis, a yeah. true AI assistant companion, then you're not. It's just like or you, when that happens, you're going to be less interested in doing other things or hanging out with other people. So there's been this huge drop in the type of socializing that teenagers do that was done 15, 20, 30 years ago. And it was funny. I, I've, I've talked to a number of parents about this. I've been talking about this for, for several years now. But they actually saw uh, some data that actually showed, like, how old are people when they first drive? How old when they go on their when they have sex? How old when they do you know have first job? Those kinds of things, right? And so, so what are you doing, Jess? You're just you're not even no, no, I'm, I'm, t- I'm literally researching a response to what you're saying right now. Okay, we'll just this this focus f- focus on, on focus. this, right? Sure. So. The thing is that that's happening with social media and video games. So in the past, the video games were not that great. I mean, they were just they typically were more just one person game. Or if you if you played multiplayer, you had to go to someone's house and you could play the video game together, right? Or in the 90s and early 2000s, you would have like a LAN party, right? Everybody would bring their gaming rig over and everybody would connect mm-hmm. up off an Ethernet and play against each other. So it was still social. And then it got to the point where, you know, these games are multiplayer. They're hosted on, in the, on the web or on the cloud. You don't have to go anywhere. And so going to someone's house isn't fun because you just sit there and watch them play, which is right. stupid. Now everybody has their own high-powered gaming rig and big monitor and headphones and and they got discord with audio there so they we can have this awesome gaming experience i'm on my and and i'm just looking at colby's you know desk and his gaming chair and his i mean it's like the whole set they all have it right and so why the hell would i go hang up the most fun thing that we can do is play you know overwatch or whatever together Three or four or five of us. Like, that's more fun than anything. What's more fun than that? What are we going to do? Just hang around your house and watch a Netflix show? I mean, what are we going to do? It turns out it's, it's, it's more fun to do that. So that's what they do. And then um, I noticed, it's funny, I remember when Sandy, this was an adult thing, but I remember Sandy, was, who I, I think she was part of the Junior League for years and was president at one point. And the Junior League, the Junior League is like a women's volunteer organization. It's both for community volunteer, but it's also leadership development. So you learn to run a committee, be on a board, all that kind of stuff, right? And she was talking about how there's been like a decline. There had been declining um, participation. They were losing the 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 the, um, the leagues around the different cities around the country were shrinking, 
And I said, and I, she said, well, and I said, I'll bet you it's Facebook. She's like, what? Mm. And I said, look, look yeah. at when this started to take off. When did, when did that start to happen? And sure enough, once, once Facebook hit a certain point of, 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 of uh, ubiquity, you know, people were like, you know, they go to the work and maybe they go to the gym and they're just like, do I have enough energy to go to this committee meeting or to the league meeting? And they're like, well, I've been connecting with my friends on Facebook. Now, before there was a Facebook, people felt a little lonely. It's like, okay, I'd like just, you know, I'd come home and want to watch TV or eat or something. I need some kind of a social interaction. But I think, I think that Facebook gave a lot of these young women in their 20s and 30s enough of a social connection, enough of a dopamine hit that they, that they lost the motivation to, to go and participate in this social volunteer organization, right? And mm. the same thing happened with social media, I think, with kids. It's like, I don't need to go have friends. We're back and forth on Instagram, liking each other's stuff, viewing each other's stuff. Maybe they're flirting with people, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's not a complete replacement for a great social situation. But oftentimes, a lot of, I mean, how many times did you go out with a group of friends at a party and it was just like super fun? It was awesome. Not very often. A lot of times it's just okay. A lot of times it's a letdown. Every once in a while it was something awesome. And you'd hope that like maybe this party will be great. Right? And if if their social media combined with, um, you know, YouTube and TikTok and stuff is fulfilling enough, then they don't have the motivation to go, I'm going to go meet my friends. We're all going to get together, go to my friend's house. We're all going to go to the mall. We're all going to go get, it's like, it's like you don't have, you lack the, that motivation. God, I'm just thinking back to being in a band in Dublin. And like you said, how many times do you have a good party? I mean, a lot when you're in a band in Dublin and (laughs) that age that I was. It happened a lot. But I'm thinking, huh, like now, what are the the equivalent people? Are they having as much fun as as I did when I was in a band? They are not. I've talked to a bunch of my friends about this who who have kids. And they, they don't have the kind of parties... Like we would go out, and there were like parties almost every weekend in high school, and you know it was. I mean, not everyone was this giant rager, but there were like there were always parties and music. And there's no parents there, and there's alcohol, and there's girls, and there. You know, I mean, there was stuff going on, right? Mm-hmm. College was the same way. I'm in the University of Chicago. I mean, it's known to being the opposite of a party school. I think the only schools that were considered right. to be nerdier were probably MIT and Caltech. But right. I look at Colby's experience at Oregon, and he doesn't go, he doesn't have near the social experience I had at Chicago. And I remember when we were at Chicago, we'd be talking to our friends about our, we'd be talking about our respective friends that end up going to state schools, and like, oh man, my friend who goes to U of whatever, University of Ohio, you're, man, they're like, parties are crazy, the girls are amazing. You know, it, we're like, you were Chicago, it's like, this place is like, like, this is third rate social life. But I look at what we did. I mean, we had, I mean, they had parties on Wednesday and Thursday. They had like, what they call them study breaks, which were effectively parties starting on Wednesday night at, at, at Alpha Delta and Sayu and Phi Delta. And you'd have the, 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 um, uh, the different types of, um, parties that happened in the dorms and everything. I mean, there was always these parties playing the music blast until two in the morning. I mean, it was crazy. And I don't even see that stuff happen in college. I thought, I thought when Colby went off to college, like it would pick up for what didn't happen in high school. Anyway, I've been talking to um, 
and it may be Colby's experience in college, but I can tell you in high school, they are not nearly as social as we were. And they're not nearly the social opportunities. And everybody's doing stuff later. People aren't people. I mean, everyone will tell you, you know, most parents will tell you this. There's very few kids that are getting their driver's license when they turn 16. They're like dragging their feet. I don't really want to do it. Mom or dad are like, come on, you got to get your license. I'm tired of schlepping you around. And where we were turned 16, I mean, literally, we were at the DMV get our driver's license on our birthday. We turned 16. Yeah. You wanted to. Well, it's freedom. You could go anywhere. You could, you could, but now how are you going to go on a date when you don't even have a thing. damn car and you can't drive? But they don't care about it. And it's just in the same way. It's really, so, so it's, it's conditioning society to just be a different kind of almost sterile society. Yeah. So if they get enough fulfillment, so if they get enough fulfillment from this, you know, this hodgepodge virtual reality they live in now, the social media, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, multiplayer video game, Discord. They get all that. It's sort of like this, their own metaverse, which is a hodgepodge of all these other things, all these other social types of social interactions or entertainment interactions. Then they lack the motivation, the spark that says, I get, I'm bored. I got to get out of here. I got to go. We got to go somewhere. I can't. I'm sitting because what we could do, the most we could do is sit around and watch MTV. And after a while, you're like, I can't watch one of the stupid. Or, you know, it's like there's nothing to do. You can sit around so, and joke so, around so, with your friend, but you're like, we gotta, we gotta go somewhere. What's happening? So Silicon Valley is kind of like a virus that's been too successful. It's been too successful, and it's like changed humanity as an organism. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, I think what it's, it's, I think it's setting back. I think people are having a hard time dating now. I mean, you think that. Um, I mean, there's all this talk about like these things like Tinder and and uh, the Hinge and all these dating apps, right? And you think, oh, like I thought, oh man, that would have been awesome if we had that when I was in my, my early 20s, right? Swipe left, swipe right, right? I remember when I first heard right. about it, I'm like, that's amazing. You don't have to go to like bars and clubs and try and try kids, and meet this awkward kids, situation where you had to get up the guts to go talk to some girl and not make it. But they don't have the same. Um, uh, strength of mind in a sense to do something like that because they've they, they've gone they, they're so much more disneyland disney disney like because of the the sterility of the of the platform experience well i don't think so it's, they're not ready to just go in and charge in and do the kind of tinder thing well i don't well okay well so i will say i think they don't have they they have enough of a dopamine hit from doing what they're doing that they don't have a need the spark to go out and really in 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 real life and and do stuff in real life, right? They they're more satisfied by by the way by their digital experience, right? They're not mm. completely satisfied, but they're it just they don't it it takes a lot. You probably have to have a friend who's like a real agitator, like dude, we're leaving, we're getting out of here. And you're like, but I'm like, get off your stupid thing, man. I told you these hot <laughs> girls, we're gonna go meet. And they're like, all right. You have to have someone like that who's like an organizer and a spark, right? It kicks you out of your little slumber so huh. and 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 you know there are downsides to these like tinder things i mean that's a whole nother thing i've been i would i would watch some videos about some analysis of that and it's like what's happening is like the guys at like the top five percent are getting all the girls and the guys who are a little further down are getting nothing the girls are not swiping on them at all and there's like this it's creating this huge problem <laughs> and then the girls are like not really interested in hookup culture in the end. They're not really what they want, but they're getting, they're getting kind of 
sucked into it because that's all that's on offer. Because they're trying. So, but I mean, that's the age old problem anyway. It's, it's the age old problem of that. <laughs> well, but it's exacerbated because <laughs> yeah. they're not going out. You're okay. Well, you're at a part. You're at a series of parties, and they're and they're guys of different, at least in your view, of different calibers. And you're like, well, that guy, I really think he's, but he's not giving me any attention. But there's other guy. He's okay, but he's really nice, and he's talking to me. And okay, that maybe that evolves into something. But in Tinder, that stuff isn't happening. The girl doesn't even give the guy a chance. She just swipes on the guy, the guys she's really attracted to, but that guy's not giving her the time of day. And so you have a lot of people who are just not engaging socially. I mean, this goes different ways, but anyway, that's a whole, that's a whole separate thing. But there, everything that's happening technology-wise is not necessarily good for us individually, and it's certainly not good for us socially. The social ramifications of some of the stuff is that you're going to have people who are not nearly as socially developed and are not are going to have a harder time finding um, fulfilling relationships, getting married and having kids and having that because they're just sort of in this sort of stunted, artificial, limited reality that that checks enough of their boxes that gets keeps them from from really doing what they need to do. Well, I was speaking about that. What was the okay? So the whole the point, thing? whole point. Of, so Justin, the whole point yeah. of this, yeah. yeah, is if you then get an AI that's like funny, super that's smart. He's, he's, this, he's yeah. it's funnier and smarter than any of your friends. It has an inexhaustible willingness to, to talk about all the stuff that only you're interested in. Right. Because when you go hang with your friends, it's give and take, right? You talk a little bit about mm. some of the stuff you're interested in. Your friend wants to talk about this. Friends, you're kind of like, okay, so we're going to do this. We're gonna do and that's just how humans work, right? You, you, you give each other some space to talk about and do what they want. But if if your AI is like satisfy all that stuff, or it's like the movie Horror, and like not only that, it's like flattering. It's like the opposite sex or the you know the sex that you're interested in, and it's like giving you all this attention, and you're just like practically falling in love with this thing. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't have to go that far, but it's like you could see that like, hey, do you want to? If I say, Justin, you want to go hang out? And you're like, well, this thing is like 10 times funnier and smarter and interesting and cooler than Jason. Why the hell am I going to hang out with yeah, Jason? Yeah, so it's not even worth talking to other people. It's just, it's just, shit, we're really, we're really on an interesting trajectory. It's like, how do you, yeah, this, this is like not, you are, you are so right about the anti-GMO, the anti, the anti-AI. Um, there's going to be like anti-AI retreats. This can be like, Come to our, you know, pre-AI yoga retreat. No electronics allowed. 100 people. It's going to be the new rave. You know, the new rave is to have organic experience. Have an organic experience. But it'll, it, it, it'll be hard. Just like it's really hard to have kids. Like, just get rid of your smartphones. I mean, what teenagers are getting ready for smartphones? Right. It's it's easier to get people in their 40s and 50s because they knew life before that. And they're like, okay, yeah. I'll give us a chance. But somebody mm. grew up with it. If I say, hey, Justin, let's do this thing that don't have any electricity, that don't have it, you'd be like, screw that, man. Like, it sounds like, it sounds really uncomfortable and boring, right? Because I'm used to these. No, 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 no. Because, because people, no, I mean, yes, yes, it's, it's true. The bulk of people will not do it. But you still get, um, you're going to still get hipster fringe communities like Burning Man type of, type of people. I mean, people go to Burning Man well, now for pretty much those same reasons. So I'm just saying, like that's going to become more of a thing. I think there'll yeah. be even even cities will be dedicated to it. You know, well there will be hipster. There will be. So here's what I think. There 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 are always like 
early contrarians Z- and hipsters, right? Z- exactly. Right? Yeah, like right. they, they like I play. I only play vinyl records, right? Or I only you know whatever yeah, yeah. you know whatever it is. Like that stuff is always. But in terms of that scale. Right, I'm talking like just because one percent or half a percent of people who only bike to work and don't take, uh, don't own a car, right? You know, people like that, right? People who don't have a TV, like they're not enough to make a difference. I mean, you can find them, and you be wow, there are tons of thousands of these people. That's nothing, right? So, in terms of as a societal level, how does this overcome? Usually, what happens for society to make a change? So, society gets on a trajectory because everybody's doing what is most convenient or advantageous for them. It only gets to the point when it gets so bad that there is a reset, right? Like, for instance, like the whole defund the, defund the police thing that happened, right? Like San Francisco and San Francisco in the process of like all this crime, all these outdoor drug markets and all these people shooting up fentanyl and all that stuff. Like that stuff, you're starting to hear people push back on it. Right, but it's going to have to get so bad, and the and the, and they're going to have to lose that that San Francisco is going to have to lose so much money for lack of tourism, lack of property taxes on the commercial real estate that there has to be a there there has to be a reset. There's no choice other than that it becomes like a, a Detroit or something like that. Right, so things it's it's, it's almost like when someone's on drugs and it's, it's almost like smoking smoking weed and you're like dude you probably shouldn't be doing as much of that like man what's up i'm fine man i'm like you know i'm doing well in school and you're like all right and then they're like starting to do cocaine and you're like okay like dude what what was my gpa last quarter i'm working out like okay then then they start think it worse it gets it goes to now they're doing heroin and now they're shooting up and then they hit a point where their life is in shambles right and then you have to do a reset it's like and that's what happens with people once they start going into it, most people have to hit a wall before they're willing to change whatever is most comfortable or convenient for them. And so what will happen is this will go to a point where then all of a sudden there's just a, a sort of uh, a huge percentage of people in society, maybe in the media and to come to everyone realize at the same time, like this stuff, we got to we're going to have to um, we got to do something else. Because and for us, for like the you know the stuff I talked about, kids not being as social, because everybody's wrapped up in their own little digital experiences, um, you know that might take a while to play out because it it only really becomes a problem when you're like nobody's having kids. Like South Korea right. has a replacement rate of like 0. 0.71. 2.1 is is even. They're at 0. 0.71. They are in a death spiral, and. Like Japan, J- Japan lost over half a million people. Yeah, now in Russia's like that, in Italy is in a death spiral. All these things are a death. Now, early on, people are like, it's still kind of theoretical, but it gets to a point where the GDP start to implode. There's no young people around to do anything. I mean, it, it just the the society itself starts to lose hope. It's like a you know, and so it has to get some point where it's so visceral it's so clear like we have to reset society because we kind of screwed ourselves and it it could it could yeah jesus it could literally kill society that like the silicon valley virus could literally kill fucking society i mean you, you think about it kind of like junk food in the sense that like junk food is not like if you said dude like you should junk we should we should outlaw cheetos and doritos in the 70s be like what are you talking about dude like Cheetos, I mean, it's fine, but 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 look about. We did not have a obesity epidemic. Really, didn't kick in, start kicking in into the nineties. I think it was in the nineties. So sorry, and then you got to two thousand. This like this more a larger and larger percentage of the population has gotten more and more obese. 
and more and and less and less healthy and 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 a point where everybody has diabetes, everybody has cardiac problems and all this stuff. And it's the result of like, you know, it's technology. I mean, it's still it's still it's not Silicon Valley technology, but it's still technology based. It's technology. It's food technology, basically. But I mean, it's like we're not going to have. You know, it's it's just one of these things that like there has to be sort of a recognition that this is this is just leading us to a problem. And believe me, I like my share of junk food, just like everybody else do. I like you know being and the internet and stuff. But you can see how some of the stuff as it go as it as it keeps going it can become a problem but i think the um but you you said you're not a doom and gloom subscriber of ai but when but listening to what you just described literally is you know it it is a doom and gloom kind of situation well, I, mean, I think there'll be a reaction to it is what i think i mean i i don't i don't believe in this singularity type of 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 hard takeoff and you know the robots are you know terminators you know don't blow us away they, the the paperclip replicator you know eliza yudkowsky stuff i don't i don't i don't i think that stuff is not possible but very far-fetched and um i don't think we're anywhere close i don't think we're anywhere close to that i think people are are are, are just indulging their own dark fantasies they've watched too, one too many episodes of you know, dark mirror or something. Um, but, and, and, and unlike with it, with the AI assistant. Now, if an AI system got as good as, as, as we've been talking about, it has to get pretty damn good to, to have this effect. I mean, I don't think, I don't think if, if you're right and we have a Jarvis in five years, then this is, this is, this will be one, it will accelerate the, um, the process of people retracting in to their own well, it's, reality. It's funny because like my, my position on the bets completely changed. I think that it's going to happen and I don't want it to happen. And you really want it to happen because you'd love to have an assistant like that. But after a discussion like this, I'm like, shit, that is bad for society. Like, oh, in fact, in fact, like, no, let me, on, I had, I had a point. This is so, um, like think about the book four hour work week. Mm -hmm. So, they were talking about, okay, you know, just work four hours a week. Well, in this situation, like with a Jarvis, like what would you do if your boss asked you, asked you to do something? Like, what would you do? There, there's nothing to do except for say, hey, Jarvis, do this thing. So then you're just a middleman between your boss and Jarvis, you know. And, he, and even what is your boss doing? Like he's just a middleman between Well, no, you and your and boss Jarvis. are fired at that point. <laughs> you don't need. You don't need that. I mean, it's like you know, who needs guys. I mean, corporations. So, so, th so think about the Tyrell Corporation. I always thought it was funny. In Blade Runner, walks into the Tyrell Corporation. It's this huge building, all this space, no one there, mm -hmm. just just the owner mm -hmm. and and a and a robot. But now, looking at it through this lens, it's like that makes perfect fucking sense. Like. You would you would just be a single owner of a giant corporation like Elon Musk could just get rid of everyone. He'd just have Jarvis's and it could just be him making money hand over fist, and everyone would be so happy to invest in it because he would be the most ultra, you know, hundred thousand x profitable corporation with just like one guy running this entire fucking thing. Well, I think I think I think what you have to be careful of is not stretching one variable in one direction by leaving everything else constant, which is what happens in all these sci-fi movies. 
It's like, you know, spaceships are happening, but genetic engineering isn't happening or genetic engineering happening, but AI isn't happening. Everybody like it because it's, you know, all these sci-fi movies, they really just only advance a couple things. Everything else is superficial changes. Oh, the cars look really cool. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple few things, a few things have changed, but they don't realize like everything changes. And the reason they don't do that is because it's, it's, it's very difficult to imagine all the things are going to happen and explore them all. But also the, the world becomes so alien that it'd be hard to even understand what is going on. Right. I've got a counter argument to that, but okay. I'll come back to it in so a second. So it's like, okay, so we're in this thing, we're in this world you know, genetic engineering is taken to the nth degree. AI is to the nth degree. I don't know, everything, you know, whatever. And um, space travel, all the, I mean, it's like, it, it, like I said, it becomes so foreign, it becomes hard to, hard to, I think, for a reader to really get a, a, a um, to really relate to characters the story because the stories made the human the people in the stories may not behave like humans who, who that we think they behave would behave and so it's just like i don't even know what the hell this thing is and this is like a three-page short story you know weirdo exploration of some upside down alternate reality yeah. but you know anyway so you're, you're saying okay so 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 some titan of industry has something they have all these Jarvis is doing everything for them and all they make this money. Where's this money coming from? Who's making the money? Like who ev- has money? Every I, I'm I'm saying that everything everything's it. Well, I'm actually saying that every company, if you just take every company, you take Apple, you take um Tesla, you take the different stuff. I mean, basically, what's gonna happen in a very gradual way is you're gonna be able to thin the herd of the people who work for you. Because you know, more and more. You don't even need Jarvis. Just more and more, you're going to be able to automate systems, information workers systems, and you're gradually going to need less and less people. And the reason why you're going to do it is because it's better for the bottom line, you know? And there is going to be a point in time where even the people who manage the stuff are going to need, not be needed. It's just going to be AI or a, or a Jarvis or whatever. And so you will need barely anyone to create. I mean, think about, I mean, there's so many companies that this applies to, like, I don't know, Apple, Microsoft, Tesla, Mm -hmm. like, you know, all of the job functions can go into AI, robots, automated systems, you know, you just won't need, like, people, people will just have the the specialized jobs. And and what will those specialized jobs revolve around? Um, Original thought, taste, and um, the other thing that I've forgotten that we said earlier. Well, okay. So here's the thing. So if AI gets to Jarvis level, then originality and taste may may not be a thing that human only humans can do at that point. But the thing is, as I said, I think this true AI, this Jarvis AI, is not five years away. So all these things that I'm indulging, this this sort of nightmare fantasy I'm indulging with, that I'm, I'm sort of it's gaming, not happening. It's not happening. It's, t- you're betting against it. You're yeah, against I, I, it. I don't think this stuff is happening. I think people are are getting a little they've just they're just believing a little much too much of their own bullshit i mean it's like you know and 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 i know brilliant people do this all the time ebology you know super bright guy thinks you know bitcoins would be worth you know a million dollars and what are we down to like seven weeks now you know give me a break um okay you said you i just need to go back to a point you said that everything changes so one mistake that they make in sci-fi is everything changes at the same time Except for like, um, oh, except just, for one or two, except thing. a small, a limited number of variables that they can explore. A little number, which I think, I think is the opposite. 
Because actually, if you look in history, it's exactly the opposite. There is just a few things that really do technologically advance and everything else stays the same. If you look, if you go back to the 80s and look at a movie from the 80s, what what the fuck is different in that in those pictures compared to now? The only thing that's different is smartphones. Like what? what yeah, are the, I mean, what are the big I, yeah, I mean, I, I think I brought that up on the show years ago. It's like if you drove yeah. down the, if you were on the freeway and you kind of weren't looking too closely at the car models, you'd be like, this doesn't look a whole lot different than the eighties. This is and now. 90s. This is now. Whereas, like, if right? you looked in the fifties, everything did look different, or the forties. Like there was this big aesthetically. Like you know, my kids go, "What was like in the eighties? Like pretty much the same, except we didn't have smartphones and the internet. And if you turn on movies, but, you but, didn't stream. You just whatever was on, you could." But everything we're talking about is just more of the same. I mean, it's just it's just the same computer, you know, phone concept that's just advancing, advancing, advancing. In fact, it's the, it seems to be one of the only things that's just going exponentially. But I other mean, things, obviously, there's other a li- things, there's a little bit of technology, biotechnology coming but in. But other now, things can like, advance, like genetic engineering, CRISPR. There's there have been advances on CRISPR. I mean, genetic engineering will become a thing. They're hundred percent become even if people don't want it, it's gonna become a thing because it's too much of an advantage. So it's 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 the same th- homes don't look what? different. Like homes aren't homes aren't gonna like the the surrounding there's never gonna be like never this version of the never this version of the future where everything is just white and shiny yeah. and like But I wouldn't use words no like cushions. never. I would use words like <laughs> okay. never because okay. you're it's, like it's, in the in the near a- future, in the next 30, 40, 50 years, you think it's gonna look safe. Yeah, and that's probably true. Um, because it's 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 expensive, you know. One way, regardless regardless of how smart AI is, it's still expensive to build physical homes and things like that. And but um, genetic engineering is going to become a thing, you know. And it's like, you know, as, uh, you know, all this kind of stuff with all the trans stuff. Now imagine that with um, with it being more of a uh, genetic. You can just send nanobots in Not, to literally change your sex. Well, it's going to be it'd be more much more extreme than that. I mean, you know how you see these people doing oh, okay. really really extreme um, sort of uh, cosmetic surgery, make themselves look like animals, yeah. and you've seen that kind of weird yeah. stuff, right? And right, um, right. now initially, what'll happen? I mean, there's going to be a lot of um, a lot of stuff will be outlawed, right? They're just not going to allow it. Um, like for instance, you, the only thing that's going to allow it is like, well, you know, if an embryo is genetically um, has genetic signature of cystic fibrosis or Down syndrome or you know some one of these horrible genetic diseases and things like that, maybe in things like dwarfism or whatever, like those things, like okay, mm-hmm. these things can be turned off. But one thing that's going to probably have, I think, I think what's going to lead this is like China isn't going to play by our rules. They are going to invest heavily in, um, I think, in, in the end, with genetic engineering, with intelligence and health. Mm. And if their average IQ goes up to 130 and ours stays at 100, mm. we're screwed. Right. right. And and it, it won't wait to that long. People realize, like, listen, like, they have a huge number of people who their average person walk around is as smart as our professors, and they and they have a ton of people as many professors as I have as they have actually Richard Feynman's or John Feynman's run around, John von Neumann's run around. So it's like we have to compete on IQ, right? And so things like that will open up 
open up some of the resistance to it. So intelligence and other things will come, I think, will open up because we are not an island, right? And and uh, it, it, it is a it is a incredible competitive advantage to raise the average IQ of your population. It'll solve a lot of problems. It might introduce different problems, but it'll solve a lot of problems and everybody is extremely intelligent. And then, but then you, you do, okay, so there's two things changing at the same time. So then you also have access to this, this, this AI, you know, so you can continually be super smart and then have tools to make you even super smart. Jesus. Well, here's the thing, like, you know, they were talking about this sort of moratorium on the, on on the AI stuff, right? Six months moratorium. So what do you think China's going to do? Oh, they're going to go. Think they give a think they give a rat's ass about our moratorium? No. Well, you know, (laughs) I mean, there's rumors that Elon Musk is just uh, creating his own AI company. It was already reported. It actually he is. It's a X dot AI. It makes sense. I mean, he's like there is a huge wealth generation generating opportunity. I'm interested in this space. Of course, he's going to do it. Yeah. (laughs) So So I just think the thing is is. I think the mistake that a lot of uh, these people make is they is they think, well, that the United States or the United States and the European Union, like we're the world. So if we just stop doing it, everyone stop that. It's like, no, no, you know, yeah. and guess what? China, India, they're going to do what's in the best interest of them. The only way they reason why they wouldn't is if we were able to put enough um, pressure on them. But China is only going to bend so much. China has is becoming a, a, a you know, up here is 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 becoming a peer rival, in which case they're just going to tell us to pound sand, like whatever, you know. It's funny you say every time I sort of start to talk about AI or whatever, you you kind of roll your eyes. You're like, oh, AI. But then we get into the discussion, and it's just a super interesting discussion because it's like, whoa, it's just like really thinking about the the possibilities and the future. And, well, it, and yeah, I mean, it's, know, the riffings, it is fun yeah. to game out a little bit what would what would or could happen, and. Uh, I just sometimes get a little frustrated when I read stuff and I feel like people are missing the obvious thing. Nobody's talking about it. So we put a moratorium on. What do you think is going to happen in China? Like we just outlaw it like Italy did. Italy outlawed ChatGPT. Okay. So what Makes do you no think? Sense. I mean, you can create international treaties, but it's really hard to make those global. How are you going to enforce them? I mean, the, the cat is out of the bag. Like people, like you can get access to LLM models on GitHub, you know, like this, they're well, they everywhere. They can shut they'll stuff on... down in the U.S. Like you can't. Okay, so you... they'll be on torrent on torrent networks. I Justin, mean, this, you'll never Justin, be able to. Justin, you remember people. Napster? I do what remember happened? Napster. Uh, well, it, but that was a centralized service. Scour, Nutella, whatever, whatever. They here's what happened. Once the uh, music industry got their act together, and I think the motion picture industry as well got their act together, they sued those things, those entities out of existence, right? We all know that. But then they went after a certain number of individuals and sent those people to jail, scared the crap out of everybody else, right? So if, and this is one thing they were talking about on the all in podcasts and Chamath was really pushing for all this regulate. We got to regulate AI and we got to do all this stuff. And, you know, and essentially what he's arguing for is like an FDA, FDA for AI. 
right? Mm-hmm. So you, anytime you're going to create this big company, you're going to create, um, you know, some kind of model. It has to, they have to be, you know, submitted to them. It runs in a sandbox, kind of like the app store. He didn't say that, but it's mm-hmm. like, we're going to have the AI store, right? And it's going to be, yeah. it, except it's going to be run by the government. And you're going to submit and Google and OpenAI and Apple will have to submit it, right? So it's going to be a really time-consuming process, right? And you're going to have a bunch of, and guess who works for the government? Who works for the government, Justin? Not the first string. I'll tell you not much. It's like the third stringers work for the government. The first stringers are at Google and MIT and places like that. They're not working. They're not going to work at the FDA for AI. But, but look, but look, but look. Okay, just just a, a counter argument. Do you remember Popcorn Time? No. What is that? Okay, movie stream, free movie streaming service that works over the torrent system. Came out. It's basically it's free Netflix. Everyone can go. Everyone can just download Popcorn Time. That came out. They squashed it down. It came up again. They squashed it down. It's still going completely strong. So it's like there are there are certain things that you you can you can stop, and other things that you can't. Like here's thing. Here's thing, so Justin. I, I, LLMs, they're Here's not going to. They're not squashable. Uh, not. But yes and no. When 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 they start threatening you with 10, 15, 20 years of jail, then people leave America. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. People are going to move to Malaysia. Like, what the hell are you talking about, Justin? <laughs> I mean, give me a break. No, I mean, I'm no, but what? No, no, that they actually will. I mean, there are small number people of people, who, but then, but yeah. then they will say, "Hey, you're still a U.S. citizen. I don't care if you're in the Bahamas, whatever." You're doing this stuff. I'm just saying, if the government, if governments want to shut something down, they can shut it down. All they have to do is have the will, because they can throw your ass in jail and throw away the key, and that well, will scare most people away from doing anything. So anyway, one, one thing I was, what the <laughs> that's so dumb because that's that's like regulating and scaring ourselves out of existence against competitors. Like well, that's China. that's one thing I was I was listening to. I was thinking. I was like, okay, so what's china gonna do right but here's the thing like one thing we're talking about is like an app store but what about open source right because they said well anytime what one thing jason calacanis and chamath kept talking about it's like well you know it's like anytime you have to touch the internet then it has to go through the app store like as if i'm like but it's the internet right so they so that means anything any kind of github play any type of place where you have shared code repositories or anything like that would have to be monitored by the government. Right? Yeah. Which is doesn't sound... That sounds horrible, that, doesn't it? That sounds like it a sounds nightmare. like a nightmare. It sounds like Patriot Act 3.0. You're talking about the restrict app that... Beyond nineteen. You know what they were talking about with... You know, I don't know if you've heard much about the restrict app that sort of banned TikTok Act and they have all this language in there where it's like if you use a VPN to using the surfaces and stuff that they could... You could go to jail for like 10, 20 years. Do you see that? No, yeah. I did not. And yeah. that sounds horrible. Really so bad. here's the thing is, like, Chamath can be like, you know, look, I mean, he, you can make an argument. You can always make an argument for regulation. Like, hey, guys, look, you know, AI is really powerful. We don't want to put something out there that can uh, that's going to endanger society. It's reasonable. What is this show that you're referring to? All In, the All In podcast. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't listening. Yeah, I, I, no, I mean, I didn't listen to the podcast, yeah. but I, they, was, they were talking about it in the Discord. Yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's a good show. It's one of my, mm-hmm. one that I listen to. And so, but but the, but the, the the consensus in the Discord was that they didn't know what the fuck they were talking about because they were like quite behind the times on the possibilities. Well, I don't know if the consensus of the, the Discord. Kind of thing, I yeah. think like um, Mark and 
Ben or Alfie, I think a few of the guys uh, were, you know, kind of a, were, had that the feeling, same reaction I did. Um, I don't know how many people had listened or not, but um, you know, the the reality is is that to to re- to regulate, like, there's a couple things you have to think about. One, if we regulate here. In China, it's not going to do a whole lot. All we're going to do is fall behind China if this is an enabling technology that can really add a lot of um, value to our society. If you do regulate it, you're going to have, you are going to slow things down. You're going to make these very expensive. Companies that have a lot of money and a lot of political connections are going to be on the fast lane to getting their stuff approved, where these small yeah. startups are not. And yeah, more of the and same. So, and, and, and if you're regulating companies from releasing their versions of models, you're going to have to, you know, uh, regulate any and all online services that have any kind of models on that. But of course, you, you don't have to put stuff on GitHub. You just put it on your own damn server. So then what yeah. does that mean? Right? Right. So exactly. then you get more. Or a torrent. Right? Or a torrent. So you could get more and more onerous regulation, which could end up taking a huge um, chunk out of our privacy and freedom because you're trying to lock down this thing that's really, really hard to lock down. So I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if they try if they try and lock that down across torrents, I mean, they're going to have to go to low-level packet-sniffing stuff and just go, okay, we're not going to let these packets move across the internet because we believe that it contains an LLM. <laughs> that's what they're going to well, have to do. Well, I mean... I- and that's going to have to do that at the service provider level. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, you would have to do that if you wanted to make sure that it never got released. But one thing all you have to do is make an example out of enough people, and everybody scares the crap out of everybody else. If if you make a if you if you prosecute a couple dozen people, you send them to yeah. jail for five, ten, twenty years. Everybody else is going to be scared. Like I'm not even coming with a hundred miles of that stuff. Right. Because all they have to do is say, hey, you know, Jason, look, I, uh, you know, this thing, you showed up on this list of people who are uh, hosting. It's like, what? You know, so people are in a, people, you, you'll, you'll shut it down for most people. There are always, there are always be people in other countries. There might be criminal elements. There might be people who are just true, you know, hey, man, I'm punk rock. We do whatever we want. And they're willing to potentially go to jail. Kind of like ha- some of these hacker people who, even despite they throw hackers away, they put hackers in jail for 10, 20 years. There's still people who do that stuff. And it's just like, wow, I mean, I, I it's just shocking that people take those risks. And there are people like that. But it could be that kind of a thing. So I'm, I'm, so my position on all this is I don't think the AI stuff is nearly as powerful or, re- or presents the danger that people think it does. So I don't, I'm not in that camp. So I'm not like, oh my God, we're like three years away from the singularity, or we're gonna all these jobs are gonna disappear, or you know, any of the any of the dark scenario, even the ones that we were talking about, like you know, these these things, the Jarvis, your 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 digital companion is gonna be so compelling that you're gonna you know just uh, you know um, what's the word I want to say? You just want to. Uh, you can check out, check from, out society. from society. Yeah, there's no word I wanted to see, but check out. Okay, that's a good word. So you can check out from society. Um, so I don't think those things. I don't think these things are real. They're not. They're the probabilities are not zero. I'm not saying it's a zero probability. It's just like it's not something I'm worried about. I think uh, gain of function research that's going on with with dangerous pathogens represents a much much more likely scenario, and that stuff's still happening. If you want to worry about something that's really stupid and really dangerous and only benefits people. Like we need to be talking about the gain of function research. That's a problem. But um, 
runaway AI that's going to you know, do all this stuff I don't think is, is, is going to happen. I think what you're going to have happen is you're going to come across more and more sites with like bullshit content, bullshit SEO. And, you know, uh, I mean, Google and Microsoft, they're going to have to do a better and better job of sniffing out this crap and, 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 mm. and, 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 yeah. down and playing this. It's going to be an arms race between the search engines and the bullshit generators. But if, you know, if some people think, you know, and it is possible that the ChatGPT AIs are good enough that they can replace a lot of what the search engines are doing, mm, which yeah. I think it could to some degree, it, it, it'd be kind of like we're hand to hand, all things replace it. Then they, the ChatGPs are, make sure they're not training themselves on bullshit that were generated. So it becomes this recursive bullshit training loop where things just yeah. get copies of copies of copies and everything just gets into a giant mush of bullshit. I mean, mm. obviously people react to that and it won't happen, but giant mush of bullshit would be <laughs> a really great title for the show, but I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure we're not going to call it that. I don't know. I'm, I'm um, sorry for all the ranting, but this is no, a- anyway, um, I think that's good. I think we've, we've covered the AI topic. Um, I actually don't have any topics to hand, but I'm happy to talk no about topics? anything that you. I well, I just you know ten. what I, I. It was just those um those too many beers yesterday. I didn't have a chance to ha. actually fully prepare, but but I do feel like we've it's been a great show so far, and we're an hour and forty into it. All right, so you want to come back down to reality? Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's talk do reality. It. Let's do it. You want to talk a little math academy? Oh please, I I would love so, to. So um, the. Uh, what was that? I, I I pushed something up and the and the site went down for a couple minutes and you were like mm-hmm. staging server, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And I, I but like whenever I suggest something to you, I'm always feeling like a like this sort of this low level fear. Like what what's what's he gonna do? Is he gonna is he gonna really get mad at me about this? Well, I was so, I was yeah. it's like so I I wanted to just kind of discuss that. So, um, what happened was. I made a minor change and didn't test it really. Cause I was like, oh, it's just a, you know, I mean, sometimes I, I know not to do that, but every once in a while I forget everything I know and I just do something like, oh, it's like, it's so trivial. You know what right. I mean? And oh, I do. I do it. I do it. Yeah. Myself. You just sometimes yeah. you just get lazy. Like, oh, come on. Like, I like, I literally. I know this is not going to affect anything. This is definitely not going to have an impact on anything. It's a tiny change. Of course I can push it. Yeah. So it was, it was one of those things. But here, even if you did it on a staging server, what would that change? You, you, you're just testing it on a staging server instead of testing it locally, right? You still have to test it. The staging server does not... I mean, if you have a Q&A team, okay, fine. But if you're like one guy, what the difference does it make to having a staging server to run it locally and just testing it? What really makes so a difference? I'm interested. So there's never been a situation where code didn't run, where 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 you had a break on live that didn't happen on local. You've never experienced that. I don't want to say never, but like vanishingly small, if ever. I can't really think of it. Interesting. No, I've definitely maybe because no, I've I've definitely had that. So for example, that happens a lot on Vapor for example. And it also happens a lot on the distributed cloud. I think you're a bit unique in that your setup is just a single machine 
everything's on one machine and it's that's quite that mirrors local quite a lot um if it was more distributed you you would definitely yeah so, be thinking so i'm about saying this. i mean it's yeah. running node.js express a mysql instance yeah. and it's running and like it, it's it runs the same i mean i have 10 cores it runs on multiple cores it's all you know it's just all the same it's the same stuff i don't ever see it do anything differently you know it's funny like um one thing I always would tell, I would kind of state this to Alex and to Justin numerous times, is like, let's not solve imaginary problems. Let's let's solve real problems. Because a lot of times you talk yourself into solving a pro- something that really isn't a problem, right? And um, Alex, it was funny because Justin was doing, build, Justin has built like, I don't know, it's like order of maybe a couple hundred of these command line tools for Alex to use in the whole content development process for like setting prerequisites and changing course structures and splitting less topics. I mean, there's tons and tons of stuff, right? It's very uh, complex set of things that need to be done. So he's all these tools. And so Justin and I were talking about it and I said, well, we should probably do like a a validation, like validate that the graph is valid before it allows this change to be made. Right. And we we were like, yeah, that's, that makes sense. I mean, like if you're going to change this prerequisite and do this or whatever that, and so Justin just went on to it. So that was like a three minute conversation. He started working on it. And then he, he rolls some of these tools out to Alex and Alex is like, Jesus Christ. Like, Every time I change a prerequisite, I have to like wait like a minute or something for this this stuff to run. It's it's like unusably slow. He's like, I have so much other stuff to do with creating, managing the team, all the content development, reviewing all the stuff. When I get in, I want to adjust some prerequisite stuff. I need to be, go fast. Like, I don't have time to spend. And it's like it's unusable. It's painful, right? And I said, Well, I said, yeah, we were just we put that in in case there's a problem. He's like, Yeah, but doesn't the knowledge graph of it loads? It it it, it won't it won't load an invalid graph. And I'm like, yeah. And it, and it kind of self-correct if there are any major issues. I mean, yeah. And he's, and he's like, so it's not really a pro- It's like, this is one of those imaginary problems. I'm like, yeah, fair enough. It's <laughs> like, he threw it back. He's like, this is like an imaginary problem. Like we don't ever have this problem. But what is a problem is that Alex is a bottleneck because everything needs to go through him in order to maintain the integrity and quality of the knowledge graph and the, and the, and the system. I mean, we had at one point he he had at one point tried to sort of delegate more of these responsibilities and it just the 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 quality of the content suffered it really has to go through alex every type of question the every lesson everything has to go through him and also justin does a review as well uh, once alex feels like he's happy he's like justin please look through this see if i miss anything then we know we have a a quality lesson or or whatever so um, so he doesn't have time <laughs> to use really cumbersome, sluggish tooling, right? And it was just one of those funny things of like, so let's focus on solving real problems that are affect our ability to iterate on the product and create a, a better and better experience for people, not preventing this nightmare, um, an imagined scenario that has never happened. 
that is unlikely to happen. Mm. I mean, because the only way this would mm. happen, because we have a, a graph validation tool that he can run. Once he's made it, the changes he make, he can just write validate graph and it'll say, oh, look, you got inconsistency here. There's a gap here or this prerequisite is even in the same course or whatever. I'll tell you immediately and he can roll it back, you know. But it's like what it would take for this to cause a problem for to for for the problem to I mean, if there's a problem with the way it was before before we validated every command he would have to be in the process of changing making multiple changes walk away from the system not come back to it for the next day gets distracted his wife's like hey can you help me out you know with you know i got it you know he for forget about it in the meantime um Justin resets the server, the task process on stuff. It's like, this has never happened. It's highly unlikely it's going to happen. And so, anyway, it was just one of these funny things. It was just another example mm. of like... And probably Justin would reach out anyway. He, if he was going to reset something, he'd probably say... Well, no, hey. no. I mean, just the task processor reset, because Justin pushes up some new co code for the task processor or something. Oh, and that's, okay. That happens. But, um... So what we're going to do, rather, in that specific case, is we're going to have like a continuous... If... if if the system is, if the system, there will be a, con, a continual check on the integrity of the graph from the database. And if it remains out of um, an invalid state for more than, you know, say 10, five or 10 minutes, it will send a Slack message to Alex says, yo, it's invalid. Yeah. He go, oh crap, I forgot to, you know, I forgot to make that change. I got, you know, got called to dinner and I don't know, whatever, something happened. Um, but it's like it's a simple it's a simple solution. But anyway, but the whole point is, like, in smaller companies and micro companies like us, like you really need to focus on efficiency. You can't like have you know rubber handles on everything and triple and sign everything in triplicate and do all that stuff. You just can't. You, you just can't iterate. It's, it's speed of iteration and development and responsiveness that allows us to, I think, to be successful. It's not like Hey, we went down for mm -hmm. two minutes one day three months ago. Two people noticed, barely. <laughs> it's a non. It's it's just it's not really an issue. Did you see that Alex laid down the gauntlet for me to to start math academy? Oh, did he? Did he challenge you? What did he say? Mm -hmm. uh, well, essentially, he's because he he was post he posted that really nice graphic of the. I guess the entire knowledge mm. graph, or, or certainly a, a oh, big right, section machine of it, learning and, and he was talking about um, how you know, it, in a more traditional education system, it would take eight to nine years to cover this stuff, but with Math Academy, you can get through it in, in a couple of years, um, just by doing you know fifty XP a day or whatever. And uh, you know, he's like, Justin, this is your cue. If you want those superpowers, there's your cue. So I said to I, I replied and I said, well, I will commit to starting Math Academy, and I will do it for real when Jason does the Show HN Math Academy launch. So as soon as you do that, I am Are you really? Okay. So now, so now you've got like um, a challenge and an incentive to get that done. Well, maybe it's, it's not an incentive. Because whether you use it or not is a material to me. It's like, ah, you know, if you want to do it, do it. If you don't. <laughs> well, that sounds yeah, good. Right. That sounds, know. you know, yeah, cool. I mean, I think you, I mean, I think you would uh, probably get a lot out of it. I mean, I think what you really want to do is tie it to a specific goal of what you could do with that mathematical skill. Is there stuff that you want to learn or stuff you want to do? Then you might really see the payoff. Um, 
And right. It, it can be a personal challenge. Like, you know, I just never learned this stuff and it will feel really good to understand this finally. That's what I, that's where you I'm know, from, But then yeah. you might also be like, oh, now I can actually read these papers on machine learning and no, understand it's, it's, what the, the math I, is saying here, what, how it works. I'm just quite interested in learning math in general, because I think with all the other domain experience that I have, I'd like to look at everything that I've done through that lens again and just see what comes up. Yeah. What thoughts come up. Yeah. Um, so now you, you know, at least now, but, but uh, part of the reason I said that was because I, I knew that it would give me quite the break, <laughs> quite the time to. I'll do it. When... To, uh-huh. to, to not stress about okay. it. So I'm like, okay, I'll do it if he does it. All right. Um, so let me just see if there's anything else I want to say about the math academy stuff. Um, we actually got to roll two hours, right? Soon, yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, there's a lot of improvements. I was just uh, a lot of stuff having to do with the sign up, optimizing the sign up process. Like when people would drop out of the sign up process, you know, people keep uh, posting like opportunities. Hack and use opportunities to go and say something. Well, the l- last one I saw, I didn't see it till later, and it was mm. more about math, math libraries. And one thing I noticed, and I, I talked to Justin about this, is that there was the discussion about um, space repetition. That didn't right. have near the same conversion as the space, uh, the the post on learning math. And the reason mm. is, if you're on, even though it's the Hacker News crowd, if you're if you're reading like how do I learn you're you're probably going to be reading in the comments if you're really kind of interested in learning math right in which case there's much higher probability like oh this math academy thing what is this is this like a thing where I could finally learn yeah, math because because it's about math. space repetition you're like oh you know you just generally into space repetition have me have nothing to do with yeah. math so it's kind of like so math yeah. rendering libraries I don't I I think that's a pretty low low correlation. And what I don't want to do is like every single time someone posts something remotely related, there's Math Academy, Math Academy. It's like, dude, this bozo just posts. I see this guy popping up. It's like, you know, pick your moments. Like, be cool, right? Like, just chill. Yeah. You know, you get a little... Chill, honey bunny. It's a little spaz. You you look a little too overeager and you look like a... Yeah, you look like a a spaz. So I don't... I'm. That's kind of... uh, that's why I get right, to, uh, with, with there's really good opportunities. I'll take advantage. Other ones, I'm just kind of I'll demure. How how is it? Are we still at four twenty five? A little better than that. You know, it's funny. I was asking Sandy about that the other day, and she said, "Yeah, we've been it's been climbing up because we had a a retraction. You know, because after thirty days, every time you have a big bump, you get some people really yeah. interested, and you get some people who are more looky loose. Like they're willing to put their credit card on, but they're not super serious. And then those people don't convert. Right. And so you get a you get a, a drawdown, and then what happens mm-hmm. is though you you because enough of the people who are on it are going like you know this thing is actually really good. I should tell my friend, mm-hmm. or I should tell my friend's yeah. daughter is they were just talking about how the math isn't good enough in her school, and he wants to do something blah blah blah. So, um, and then it climbs up. So we're you know we have an upward tilt, you know. Um, so we do word of mouth does continually grow. So we're better than four twenty five, mm-hmm. not a ton, but we overcame that. That, that drawdown. But the, the mm. thing I always tell Justin and Alex is like, if we just keep making these improvements, improvements to the model, improvements to the UI, improvements to the communication, improvements to the lesson, each one of those make the product just a little bit better, a little bit better. And eventually that tilt just goes up and up and up, you know, mm. it's just adding, yeah. you know, and, the, and in trading model parlance, we are just continuing to add alpha, <laughs> just add alpha. Mm. And, um, you know, just for instance, you know, just uh, Alex posted um, 
he, you know, we have this low pass rate tool that finds all the lessons that have a pass rate below some amount, some percent. And Alex said, hey, just wanted to show here are, I think it was like 15 or 20 lessons He's he, that, that had low pass rate, that were the low pass rate category, had like below 70% pass rate, first time pass rate. And, you know, whenever that happens, he says, all right, let's take the ones that are the lowest the worst offenders, let's figure out what we need to do, you know, because we have a tool that figures out when they're failing in the lesson. So is it the first or second or third or fourth knowledge point and whatever? And usually it's pretty obvious, like, damn, everybody's failing the second knowledge point. Why is that happening? You know, maybe we need to split this into two topics. Maybe we need to add another knowledge point. Maybe we need to add some more graphics, better explanation, whatever. So then he posted on list of all the before and afters. And it was like all the afters after like a month, of or six weeks of people of students using it are all like between like 90 and 100 percent pass rate most of them are like almost 100 percent pass rate and he's done that for like 100 100 topics so far so you just keep getting the things that, that, that kids struggle with or not kids but students of, of all levels and you go and then let's yeah. just let's figure out why this thing why are they struggling and like you know some of the most advanced stuff like the multivariable calculus stuff he's like look this change the multivariable change the multivariable calculus the change of variable thing always throws people always throws students they usually devote one example in your multivariable calculus textbook nobody understands it let's really break this out have some really good graphics build some intuition and make it so it's like almost possible to not understand and master Alex is um, Alex and Justin really are. You know, they're they're huge, just a huge part of the success. Yeah, they're of this. okay. You know, <laughs> they're all right. <laughs> you know, let's let's not give them too much credit. No, they are. They're they're obviously a, a, a top notch. They're amazing. So, and that's I mean, you know, I think a lot of startups. I don't think. Yeah, the I mean, so you have people. I, although people. I was here, I was hearing it was. I don't know what I was listening to, and they were saying, "Look, you can." And I think they made a good point. Like, you can have an okay product, an okay team, but if it's an amazing market, you're still going to succeed. If you have an amazing product, an amazing team, and a mediocre market, it's hard to succeed. So it's really, it's there's a big part about picking the market, right? If you just happen to be the right market at the right time, but you give yourself a way better chance if you have a great team, a great product. I mean, you're not going to get a great product unless you have a great team. So, um, I mean, I think, I think the market is, is plenty good enough for us, but, um, yeah, the team is, the team is key, man. I think for us and we got a, got a good one. So, okay. I've got to wrap up pretty quick, but, but the one final thing is, um, I saw Joe post, I can't tell. No, the, the consultant is weird as fuck. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to to watching it now. I would watch That's the consultant. Review. It's good. I mean, it's a good show. Uh, it's it's entertaining. It's a little it's a little uh, it's a little it's a little uh, a little weird. But the, I can't remember the main actor. The the he's just fantastic. Um, the uh, you said you're you're not feeling Picard. <laughs> God, it's just. It's just, uh, I mean, I can't stop watching it because I'm a Star Trek fan, but it is just dumber and dumber and dumber, like every episode. Like, they just find a new way to make it dumber and dumber. And it's just like, I'm sure the only reason they did this is just to get the, the, the next generation team of actors together in the same room. That's basically the reason why they did it. So it's just that the whole piece is a nostalgia thing for the next generation, I yeah, guess. Yeah, got it. What about, um, yeah. have you watched Barry? It's dumb. 
I did watch Barry. I I really enjoyed the first episode, and I I, I think I watched the second episode. I'm not. I'm, I think I actually I don't think I have watched the second episode. I mean, Barry is just it's just really funny. He's like, oh, I have to I have to kill you now. He's <laughs> just like accidentally killing people. Yeah, all over he's, the place. it's a it, the it's a funny. Uh, he's a crazy. The season a, yeah. four is coming out, and somehow I was I was really confused with. I couldn't remember how we left it off. I thought we'd finished season three. And so Sandy and I were like, and it turned out we'd only like watched the first episode of season three or something. So we're now we're watching mm. season three in preparation for this season four. And it's really good. I recommend Barry. So, and that's on, uh, I think it's on HBO or is that a showtime? What is it on? Do you know? I think it's might be HBO. It's very, Barry is very good. Um, the, and I, I mentioned this on the, on discord, Sandy found it and she's like, Oh, you're going to love this. It's like rogue heroes. It's like the formation of the, of the SAS, the, the sort of the, the British commandos. Mm. And that looks great. I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, Sandy's like, oh, I found this thing. I said, it better not be some woke piece of shit. I can't take it. And I just, she's like, no, no, it's not. There's, and I was like, what? I'm like, there is like zero wokeness on this. I'm like, let's do it. You know? So I was like, you know, it's, um, what the, the what what there's what there's one line that was great. So they're 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 trying to find all these like badass, you know, kind of military guys who can be very innovative and 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 you know because they they're the kind of people who operate behind enemy lines and all that stuff, right? And they're out in the desert somewhere, and the one guy's the 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 officer sitting sitting on the desk, and the guy standing in front of him at attention. And he's like, and he asks him, he's like, how many women have you slept with? And he, he's like, twelve. He's like, welcome to the SAS. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, all right, I'm in. That sounds great. Welcome to SAS. <laughs> and that rogue heroes. I, I I can't remember what it's. I think it's. Uh, she, I think um. Yeah, I have to look at. Let me look it up real quick. Rogue SAS. It's on Is HBO. It? Oh no, no, sorry, that's Barry. Rogue heroes. Television series. What's it on? Can you tell? Uh, BBC. Sandy said she had to dis- subscribe to a new service for. It's on BBC. It looks like Prime Video. Is it on Prime? No, I don't know. It's like you know these sort of these sub channels or special channels that are yeah. are on. Um, Ro- yeah, Rogue Heroes looks. I mean, it looks great. So BBC. BBC. Okay, mm. I'm in. So, but you you might be able to get that through Prime. I mean, <laughs> He's you know, like, it's... do you want to save this and watch with Colby? I'm like. Nah, <laughs> I was like, was that good? Were we watch it again? Like, I got, I want to watch this now. <laughs> She's like, really? I'm like, yeah. I tried to hold. I'm like, God, I get. It. I mean, I'll, I'll rewatch. I'll rewatch it with it with some But well, uh, I hope it's good. It, uh, it looks great. So I, I, I you know, I just, uh, you know, it's rare. It's rare that these days that I see a uh, a trailer and I'm, I'm like that excited. But this is, this looks amazing. So, all right, we done here. This is it for some. Yeah, I think it's time so. to go get ice cream for us. I think I'm about to go knock on the door. All right, that's a wrap. We're out. <laughs>